0: As a planner and very detail-oriented person, I tend to create extensive strategic plans for all sorts of things. Vacations, daily routines, product launches, and hiring processes, just to name a few. But sometimes I find that I run into a bit of a problem. My plans don't always work. Sometimes it's because I chose the wrong tactics. But other times, the plans themselves are fine except that they never get carried out because I wind up so overwhelmed by how detailed they are, which has led me to more and more just go with the flow. Trust my intuition, let go of expectations, and just see how things work out. Of course, that can be taken too far as well, though. Take vacations, for example. We all know that vacations can lose their enjoyability if we have to stress over a too detailed itinerary. But there's no denying that sometimes a planned trip to Mexico might be a little more fun than just lazing around the house for two weeks. Or how about hiring a new team member? On the one hand, if the process is overly structured, then it can wind up just being bureaucratic, wasting a lot of time and energy, and maybe even at the expense of spending a little more time with each candidate and being able to really discern who would be right for the job. But we could also swing too far the other way, going into the hiring process with absolutely no structure, chatting with just a few people who express interest, picking one we just like, and then regretting it later when we discover they don't really have the skills we need and that we really should have checked their references. My point, we need to find balance between structured strategic plans and simply flying by the seat of our pants especially if we want to intentionally build online businesses that really meet our goals. My guest today is an expert at navigating this challenging situation and finding the balance we need in order to both be relaxed and lean into our intuition, while also ensuring that we have the strategy and the structure that will lead us directly to the results that we want. Megan Mins is a productivity coach for ambitious women. She's the creator of Intuitive Execution, as well as the host of the Productive Life podcast, where she shares actionable advice on productivity, business, goal setting, and mindset each week. Megan has been featured in Inc., Business Insider, and One Woman Shop, and today I'm excited to introduce her to you. Keep on listening to learn all about intuitive execution and how it can help you get bigger results with less stress. Hey there, Megan, and welcome to Work Less, Earn More. I'm so excited to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be here, and this is just the perfect topic for me, so I'm really excited for today's conversation.
0: Yes, I've been listening to your podcast a lot lately, actually. And that was what gave me the idea of having you on the show. And particularly, I've been listening to you talk about intuitive execution. And so that is the main thing that I want to be asking you about today. So I can't wait to get into talking about intuitive execution. But before we do, I would love to just get into your background a tiny bit, give the listeners a little bit of context for exactly who you are and what you do these days. So, first of all, could you tell me a little bit? bit about your business why does it exist and what exactly do you do for your customers
1: yeah so I'm Megan Mins, and I like to call myself a productivity coach. The truth is, I serve a lot of different functions for my clients, um, but a lot of people are where I used to be and are really focused on productivity, time management, um, and I do help there. So it's a great place to really connect with people. So I consider myself both a productivity, a business coach, and a mindset coach, all wrapped up in one. And my business exists, like I mentioned earlier, really to help ambitious women who want to achieve their goals, who have big dreams and big visions but who are tired of either being burned out or sacrificing things in order to achieve their goals. And like I said, that was a very personal experience for me. So that's why I love helping women in this situation because I used to be this way all the time. And I think that I never want to anymore come across as like perfect or having it all together. And this isn't necessarily something you flip a switch and never have to deal with again. Life is always evolving and the art of intuitively execution looks different based on your life situation, your business goals, what's going on for you. Um, And so I really help women through a lot of different phases and journeys of their business and you can intuitively execute whether you love your full-time job, whether you're a side hustling, whether you're a great six-figure business owner, seven-figure business owner. And so I really help them um, create this framework is what we do first. We do the logistical, like practical framework of goal setting, planning, productivity, your schedule. Um, but then you learn how to intuitively execute on a day-by-day basis. And one of my favorite outcomes that I help women achieve through this is learning to trust themselves and whether the word intuition resonates with you or not, you don't have to be woo-woo. Intuition isn't always like being psychic or woo-woo stuff. I used to not even believe in mindset work and told my own coach a couple years ago I didn't have an intuition and now here I am teaching a program about intuition. So um, I totally relate to people who aren't quite understanding what mindset work is, don't resonate with woo-woo or, you know, they're not there yet, but who do realize that there needs to be a bigger shift. And when you start to trust your own intuition, you really start to develop your own confidence and your own ability to make decisions without seeking external approval. And so if you've ever been in that boat where you feel like you need someone to tell you, yes, that's a good idea, or if you've ever said the words, I just want to pay someone to tell me what to do. Chances are you're not very connected with your own intuition. And so that's part of the fun outcome is by going through this process, you really learn to make decisions yourself and trust yourself. And it's just life changing once you get there.
0: That sounds exactly like me a couple of years ago, just saying, like, I want someone to tell me what to do. I want to pay someone to tell me what to do. I literally (laughs) said those words so many times. And I never found a person I could pay to tell me what to do. Isn't it funny how that happened? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, But eventually, after just a lot of trial and error, something started working, right? And then that was when I really felt like I was able to lean into my intuition once I had some examples of some things that were working because sometimes when nothing's working you just feel like you're floundering and you feel like you can't trust your intuition at all right so yeah. kind of get get that foothold
1: yeah i think that's what's interesting a lot of the women i work with um do feel ambitious but often find themselves bouncing around from one idea to the next one product or service to the next without ever really seeing it all the way through and often feel like they get stuck at that critical moment where you either need to like take the risk and do something that feels scary or maybe isn't like strategically sound. And we often get caught up in like, oh, but that's not what so-and-so said to do. So even though I want to do that, I shouldn't. And it's really just breaking all those things down and saying – why don't you just try? Like try the thing you want to do, the idea you have, what seems inspiring or fun, even if it quote unquote doesn't make sense. Sometimes the answer is doing it anyways because often we learn the most when we follow our own intuition and take action imperfectly.
0: hmm And so often the core of so many like positive mindset beliefs that we can have is really about, and this sounds so cliche, but like believing in yourself or believing in the process, you Mm -hmm. know, trusting the process and being willing to really go all in to see it through to the outcome, whether it turns out positively or negatively, whether you succeed or fail in that specific instance, you're either going to get those results or you're going to learn so much in the process that will actually help you in future, endeavors that you have um and that's something like you mentioned that you've seen some of your clients kind of struggle with seeing things through to the end and often i think it's because of a lack of trust that we have really in ourselves Mm -hmm. about whether or not we're going to be able to create the outcome we want and we kind of have to like step back and just you know see things through, see how they turn out.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, one thing that really helped me at the beginning of this journey for me, because I didn't have a roadmap when I was doing this, it was all completely trial and error. And I had the idea to launch intuitive execution the very first time. And I knew, oh, it could be this course, it could be really scalable, I could do it X, Y, and Z. But I just knew or thought at the time that the first time I did it, I really wanted it to be a small group. I wanted it to be four weeks, like this totally different, non-scalable, non-funnel like version of the program. And I was just like, that may not make sense to other people, but I know that I need to do it this way to learn whatever I need to learn from this experience to do it the next time. And it's been a really different way. Um, I'm a type A person. I typically wanted to have like You know, 20 steps ahead, totally figured out. And this was a really radical way for me to think about it, where I don't need to know how I'm going to launch it the second time. I just know this is what it needs to look like the first time. And that's enough. And I know that I'll have clarity on what I want this program to look like in the long run after I follow through my intuition and do it this way this first time. So, that really helped me. So if anyone's kind of intrigued by this idea, but doesn't know where to start, you know, where's one area in your business or your life that you kind of have an inkling of what you want to do and how can you just give yourself permission to do it? And regardless of if you quote unquote fail or succeed or hit your goals or don't, you can trust that however the experience goes is how it's supposed to go for you to learn what you need to learn. And it just changed everything for me.
0: Okay. So I really love this story of how you launched intuitive execution, because I think that in it, there's a really like practical tactical sort of business lesson for our listeners. Because when I finally started to really see success with my business, I did something very, very similar. Prior to this, I had been trying to launch big programs. I'd been building out these huge funnels. It was very work intensive took a ton of time and produced very little results for me. um, Because my audience wasn't there yet. And I hadn't done my market research. And there were just some missing components that now I can see the reasons why but at the time, I just felt um, like a failure really, because I was putting so much effort in and it looked so polished from the outside, but it wasn't producing the results I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it was when I finally took a step back and decided to launch something small. And see what happened. you know, just yep. trust it, not have the entire process all planned out, but just put something small, good out into the world and see how people responded. And so I think that anyone out there who's trying to like start an online business and maybe start selling courses online, as a lot of our listeners are, uh, just know you don't have to have everything figured out before you get started. You don't need to have a huge funnel built. You don't need to have a huge course created. You really can start with something small and build off of that. And it can be a much more natural,
1: organic and successful way to do it over time. I love that tip. And, and one thing I want to just add on to that, too, that I think made the pressure feel like it was off when I was doing it that way was I decided to teach the material live during the four weeks. So instead of feeling like it had to be all perfectly recorded before and I need to have worksheets figured out and I need to just have everything figured out, um, I actually created it week by week. And I, they knew that, like that wasn't a, a, secret that I had to keep or anything. Um, but that was actually part of the selling was like, you're actually going to be on these calls with me live. They're going to be implementation calls. So you're not just going to be sitting there learning. You're going to be taking action. You don't have to do work outside of these calls. You're just doing them on the calls. Um, they were long calls. It was an intense four weeks in a lot of ways, but it was so fulfilling. I learned so much and I knew that at the end I had a program that really transformed people's lives and it had things in there that I didn't even know I would want to include until I was actually going through a live. So I absolutely recommend doing things that way, especially if you're new to doing courses or it's something you want to experiment with. How can you release and remove some of the pressure, some of those expectations to have like the perfect program the first time you do it? Um, i did three live launches of intuitive execution in 2019. And each launch looked very different. Um, I even tweaked with like the actual program length, how many modules were in it. The content uh, got refined each time. And I'm so glad that I gave myself permission to do that.
0: Again, my story with finally finding success in online courses was very similar. When I released um, Channel Launch, which was my first like big successful online course, it's all about YouTube success. I also recorded it live after people had bought it. Um, now, in my case, I didn't stream it live because I wanted to be able to edit it. I wanted, mm-hmm. and whenever you stream video, you know it reduces the quality of the video. So I, I wanted it to be a little bit more polished. But I recorded it after after. after people had pre bought it. Um, And another thing that I did live was I didn't pre write a huge group of launch emails. Mm, I don't know about you. But that is always kind of an overwhelming task for me pre writing those launch emails or any sort of promotional posts or emails that you might do. Um, I find it kind of stressful if I'm trying to do it ahead of time, even though it seems like it would kind of remove the stress because you're not doing it the last minute, but I just find it a lot easier to do it in the moment when I'm actually feeling the feelings and you know, the, whatever the promotion is actually happening, or I'm actually talking to the people. Um, it just feels a lot more natural and comfortable. Is that something that you've done both ways or one way or the other?
1: I've definitely done it both ways. So uh, I would say by the third launch of intuitive execution, I was writing emails in advance, but I felt like I knew the program backwards and forwards by that point. And I was really not writing them. I wasn't writing them too far in advance. You know, it was like the weeks, you know, two weeks leading up to the launch. So my mindset was there. I was inspired. I was energized and they were fresh emails. So that experience was actually less stressful than when I've tried to do it for other courses and programs in the past. Uh, But the first two launches, I was writing the emails kind of as they needed to come out, experimenting with what messaging was working. And I actually viewed um, Instagram stories was a great Selling platform for me, the first uh, like beta launch of intuitive execution. And I let myself just experiment with like what messaging resonates because I know that people need this all three things to have the transformation, but what's the outcome that resonates with them? You know, is it making more money? Is it working less? Is it having hobbies? Is it having more fun? Um, Something like intuitive execution, for example, is a phrase people don't understand innately and it's got a lot of components. And so I really just let myself kind of wing it and experiment with the messaging. And I am so glad I did that. And I absolutely am going to continue to experiment anytime I do a live launch in the future, especially things like Instagram stories. They're so temporary that it's really easy to let yourself just kind of play and see what strikes a chord with your audience and what doesn't.
0: So it sounds to me like you were really intuitively executing that launch. Would you say so? (laughs) I would
1: say so. Yeah. I mean, I I intuitively execute everything. And that's what's funny is as soon as people are kind of in my world, uh, we start using the phrase intuitively execute in a lot of different ways and contexts. Um, It is truly a way of living where, you know, I totally believe in the structure and the masculine energy of goals and action plans and project management and routines and schedules and habits. Those things are so, so powerful Um, and you build them First, And then you do the daily mindset work to make yourself, you know, your best self possible. And you intuitively execute on what feels good, where are you inspired? Um, you know, I was really impacted by the book Big Magic um, at the beginning of the year, last year, at the beginning of 2019, where she talks about following your curiosity. And I think that's a big part of intuitively executing as well is just trusting those little pulls, those inklings, the curiosity that like that's something to lean into and just see where it goes and it doesn't have to go anywhere, but you might gain some inspiration or insight or lessons that you wouldn't have if you just ignored it.
0: Well, this is making a lot of sense, but I would love to at this point have a really clear, concise sort of definition of intuitive execution.
1: My greatest challenge is always trying to come up with a succinct thing. I think I recorded a podcast episode about this that was like 12 minutes or something. So to me, this is I like to be transparent. This is something I'll always be refining, I think, is the best way to communicate it. But in my mind right now, intuitively executing means that you have a framework and a plan to guide your actions and how you spend your time, but you execute on that plan intuitively on a day-to-day basis. Based on how you feel, what your body needs, and where you're inspired. Okay, I like that. That's the best I got right now for you. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: that makes sense. Um, it kind of starts to answer my next question, but I'll ask it anyway because maybe you'll have more to add. My next question is What's the difference between intuitively executing and just winging it or not having a strategy?
1: Okay, yeah. So you definitely have a strategy with intuitive execution. Um, I think that having a strategy is so important. One of my good friends, Beverly Bean, told me this one time where she was uh, giving me like a metaphor for it, where she said, it's like you are going on a trail, for example. Like you want to know where your destination is, but like how you get there can change a little bit. But if you don't even know where you're trying to go, like you're going to end up lost. You're not going to end up where you want to be. Like we need the actual path. We need to know where we want to go and how we want to get there, but we can change our mind while we're on the journey. So we can speed up or slow down. We can get on a horse, get on a bike. We can get in a car. We can just walk. Um, you know, we can change what the path looks like while we're on it, but we need to know where we're going. And while you're on the path, you can decide to take a little detour if you need to. Um, You can change the end goal, but we want to start out with a plan and a strategy. So it's absolutely a big part of intuitive execution is What is your one-year goal, your 90-day goals? We do two-week sprints. You have a weekly schedule, morning routines, evening routines, weekly routines, habits, and energy management. So all of those things definitely play a role, um, and that's what gives us the structure. And then we learn how to intuitively trust ourselves, listen to our body, stop ignoring the signs that our body is giving us that we're going to burn out, um, and intuitively execute. and And maybe wing it a little bit on like, a day-to-day scale. So if I know I'm going to do these three things today and I planned on doing this one thing first, but I sit down and there's just this massive resistance, I'm either going to do some mindset work to try to alleviate the resistance, or I'm going to go to another thing on the list and do that first if there's more inspiration there. So it's kind of a combination, but it's definitely not just like, aimlessly living your life.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that I asked you that question because that really, I think, brought a lot more clarity awesome. to that dis- that difference and that distinction. Um, and so let me kind of say it back to you the way I am understanding it. You tell me if I've got this right. Perfect. So basically having habits and structure is really good and really helpful, right? And then having those goals so that we know where we're headed, so we have that target or that, you know, that destination on the map, it really helps to direct our course. Yep. But then those things can be maybe overwhelming or even cause stress if we overplan or we build too many habits or have too much structure, like our schedule is, you know, book to the minute sort of thing. And so instead giving ourselves some wiggle room in order to maybe like change our mind. Well, Or to intuitively decide, right? That would be the right way to say this (laughs) um, about exactly how we're going to accomplish each of the things that we need to do in order to reach our end goal. Yeah,
1: that sounds perfect because really one of the things I struggled with, and I know a lot of people do, is over planning. You know, we, it's the beginning of the year, we look at the next 12 months and we have like week by week plans. Like we know what we're doing six months from now. And then, wouldn't you know? T- two months later, you have a totally different game plan for six months from now. And that's the nature of growth. Because what we want to do, most of your listeners, I'm sure would say, yes. You know, when I ask the question, do you want to learn something? Do you want to keep learning more new things? Do you want to improve? Do you want to develop? everyone's going to say, yes, we always want to keep learning and improving. Well, right now in your current state of knowledge, like you don't know what you'll know in a couple of months to make plans for a couple of months from now. So there's really no point to planning very detailed, you know, high level overview, beneficial, super specific 12 year planning or 12 month planning, it's just procrastination that makes you feel good. Um, so I really focus a lot on the ninety-day planning cycle because it's it's just close enough to actually accurately plan. Um, but you'll be surprised how much can still change in ninety days. So it is that balance of structure to guide us, knowing when to change the plan and knowing when the reason you think you want to change the plan is because you are self-sabotaging, you have shiny object syndrome, or you don't trust yourself. So this is why it's a bit of a lifestyle because, again, it's not like something you go through the lesson once and you're like, masterful at it. We're always changing and evolving and so is life and so are the circumstances in our lives. So my clients um, and my students like go through intuitive execution multiple times. It's truly something that we're always working on in, in different situations. I've definitely been intuitively executing in a different way myself so far in 2020 because since we've been going through fertility treatments, my whole perspective on priorities has changed even more where it's like Self-care was always very important, but now it's like the number one priority. And sometimes that means my business plans have to get altered. And so even in this stage of life, intuitive execution is looking different for me. And I have women who are parents who have corporate jobs all across the board. Um, So it's truly, you know... It's a lifelong way of treating your life and treating your work where you're not just feeling this like intense pressure and stress, like you're on the biggest race. You know, you can kind of go at your own pace and really accept like the seasonality and the cyclical nature of life. And sometimes you go really fast and sometimes you go slow. Um, None of it means you're successful or failing or, or, you know, any kind of self judgment like that.
0: Such good advice. I think that that's something we all need to keep in mind as we are, especially for those of us who are more goal-oriented. Yeah. Just keep in mind that you're going to get the most out of life if you have that grace with yourself and you're a little bit more flexible, yeah. right? We can still meet those goals. And sometimes we might even discover that our real goals aren't maybe what we wrote down in that bullet journal at the beginning of the year, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what uh, I've really baked into the goal-setting process in intuitive execution is we start with a, a vision exercise of like, not just like how much money do you want to make in the next 12 months, but like, okay, think about your life, you know, three years from now, you know, it's far enough away to let you dream big, but close enough that it's not super abstract. Um, And like, what do you want to feel? What does life look like? You know, what are the sensations you have on a daily basis? What kind of work are you doing? How are you showing up? What is your family? What is your health? Um, you know your environment and really get grounded in all the things that we actually care about in our life outside of just like numbers um and so then we we start there and reverse engineer our way back so i don't know i do my own process like every quarter so i'm living and breathing it <laughs> this
0: episode is brought to you by startup society Building an online business can be a difficult and overwhelming process. It can also be lonely. One minute you feel inspired and confident that you'll succeed, and the next, you might wonder if you're even on the right path at all. If your audience is growing slowly, your revenue is small, and you're struggling to make sales, then I'd love to work with you on your strategy so that you can turn your online business into a real success. And that's where Startup Society comes in. Startup Society is an online membership community and training program for digital entrepreneurs. We created the program to provide real strategic business and marketing training to help people just like you build successful, profitable online businesses. As a member of Startup Society, every single month, you'll get access to a detailed step-by-step action plan that will show you exactly what you need to do to grow your business. You'll also attend live virtual coaching sessions with myself, become a member of our supportive mastermind community, and get unlimited access to our archives of past action plans. As a listener of this podcast, you can become a member for just $39 per month when you use coupon code WORKLESSEARNMORE. Again, that coupon is WORKLESSEARNMORE, and it's all one word. Please note that this offer is available for a limited time only. In building a business, there's so much to learn, so much to do, and often so little direction. Let's change that. Join Startup Society today for step-by-step guidance on the most direct way to turn your business idea into a money-making success. Just visit gillianperkins.com and click Join Startup Society in the upper right corner. We can't wait to start working with you. Okay, so my next question for you is do you have any examples for how we could use intuitive execution to help us work less or earn more?
1: Oh, app. I mean, gosh, there's there's so many ways. I mean, specifically how it could help you work less and earn more. I mean, implementing the whole thing. Um, But one of the things that I think is really practical that makes people incidentally see a difference is creating a weekly schedule, but one that's different than you've ever done before. So a lot of times if you're the type of person, now wait, pause, let me pause. Anyone who's listening who's not a type A person who loves schedules and routines, this can still work for you. A lot of my clients are split. Like they're either people like me who love structure and routines or they're like the type of person who's always said they're too creative to have structure. So mm-hmm, intuitive mm-hmm. execution helps both of you. But I'm talking to the people like me uh, who love structure and routines and have maybe done weekly schedules before and, um, The cool thing about the way I do them in intuitive execution is there's a priority of like what you block in your schedule first. And the first thing is like sleep. Obviously, we start with sleep. So how much sleep do you want to actually have? Um, And then we plug in, you know, things you can't control. So maybe if you have children who have a drop-off schedule or you have a full-time job, we're going to do that. Um, And then we're going to do your routines that we've designed very intentionally. And then you're going to put in the fun blocks and put in like, when do you want to go on a walk? When do you want to break? When do you want to work out? Like, what are the fun things you want to have? You want to take the evening off or you have a really long, spacious morning. Um, And then work is the last piece of the puzzle. So often when you create a schedule, you do the opposite um, and you end Mm -hmm. up with just like a typical nine to five schedule, Monday through Friday. And then you really actually work way later and wake up earlier, you know? Um, And that's what I used to do. And instead this way, it's really making sure your schedule is aligned with your whole life. And then what you're left over with is what you can put towards your business. And often it's going to be less than what you're doing now, but you're just going to be hyper-focused during those hours. Because um, isn't it like the, uh, what's his name? There's a principle that's like, whatever you need to do will fill up the time you give it. Parkinson's lost. oh Thank you. All my peas got <laughs> confused. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just so true. And so, you know, when you have less work hours, you end up getting so much more done. You're also more intentional about what you're sitting down and working. So there's a ton of different things in the intuitive execution system we do that allow us to work less and earn more and achieve our goals and have more fun. But the weekly schedule is a lot of times where like the rubber meets the road. And as soon as I have clients who, whether they were skeptical or believe, in the weekly schedule, they'll tell me all the time that as soon as they actually built it this way and followed the order and they started living it, like everything clicked for them and changed. So that's like one really quick and easy way to start seeing a difference in how you spend your time.
0: So I think that if we were to simply give someone the advice, if you want to work less, you should make a schedule in which you work less. Shocking, that might isn't sound it? <laughs> like overly obvious, right? But at the same time, like, have you actually done that? You know, I say to our listeners, yep. have you actually done that? Have you designed a schedule in which you actually work less? Because if you haven't even put that on paper, what is the chance that it's going to happen to happen to you yep. in real life? Absolutely. And I even find myself like struggling with that sometimes where some weeks I won't plan out my week. And As you said before, like this doesn't have to be an extremely detailed down to the minute schedule that itself could be stressful. But when I don't plan out my weeks, I often find myself working too much, more stressed out and getting less done. Mm -hmm. But when I give myself a little bit of structure to work within, that's when i am able to relax and I'm so much more productive. And it's kind of counterintuitive. I mean, you'd expect that planning would help, but you wouldn't expect that you could be less stressed and yet get more done. Yeah.
1: Right. But you can, it's so true. I mean, that's, what's so um, interesting. One of my, this is like a, a business friend I had back a couple of years ago. She said this to me and it just, really stuck with me, the idea of the power of structure, the right amount of structure can be so empowering. Um, and so if you think of water, for example, if you if there's water with no structure, it's like a puddle on the ground and it just like hangs out there. There's no real energy or movement or power behind it. It's just this passive puddle. Um, but you think about water that has containers, like the ocean has a giant container. Um, it can create things like tsunamis and waves and like really, really powerful energy And so I can't do that without the structure. So your energy is the same way. When you put the right amount of boundary and structure around it and you hold those boundaries, you have the potential for so much more energy and power than when you just have no structure and you're like a puddle and you just like spend all day working and have no idea what you did that day. That's a red flag that you're being a puddle (laughs) and not like a big wave in the ocean. Um, So I think that's really helpful for people who maybe have, a natural inclination away from structure and think it's bad, it really won't limit your creative freedom. It won't limit your ability to do what you need to do. It'll actually empower you. That makes
0: so much sense. And what it immediately made me think of was water that has direction mm, also. Yes. So water, like think of water in a lake versus water coursing through a fireman's hose. Uh, the water so that's true. like being directed through the hose would have so much more power and be able to accomplish so much more than the water that is just stagnantly sitting in a lake. Yes. And so I think I that, that that is kind of maybe demonstrating or a good example of the power of like having a goal, something that you're aiming at, so that you have that direction, you have that force behind you instead of just kind of Um, coasting through life because there's a difference, I think, between coasting through life and not having any structure or any goals and intuitively executing where you're still coasting through in a sense. you know Hopefully you're gliding through, but you have an aim that you are going towards and you have some sort of structure with how you're doing
1: it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for updating my metaphor and making it even better. I will now (laughs) present this metaphor differently in the future because I think the direction (laughs) piece, you're so right. It really – It really demonstrates that the direction is a big part of it as well. So I love that. Thanks for just blowing my mind. Uh, Totally going to reuse that in the future. (laughs) Uh, And I I think one thing too I don't want to forget to say, when it comes to things like weekly schedules, um, man, it's holding to the boundaries. And it's how can you make it easy? So if you have a team, tell your team and ask them to hold you accountable. If you use something like Acuity or Calendly, you know, put your less work hours In those systems, you know, we don't have to always make it so hard on ourselves to hold boundaries. You can just uh, make a commitment and do small little things like that to make it just kind of natural and happen for you
0: that makes sense. And, you know, something that I found helps me sometimes when I'm struggling with making those containers or those boundaries for myself is, you know, sometimes I get caught between the two extremes where either I have no structure or else I've got my my day scheduled down to the minute. And so sometimes just Adding a couple boundaries Mm. can really help to start to get me back into structure. So, for example, saying I will wake up at a certain time or I will stop working by a certain time or I will go to bed by a certain time. Um, And just starting with like one small commitment to yourself, it doesn't have to start with an entire schedule that's completely filled out, right? Yeah,
1: so true. Those
0: small commitments can make such a big change. Yeah,
1: Uh, you're spot on. I mean, and that's one of the things when it comes to anything, you know, we don't always have to be. so extreme in the way we do things. There's no right or wrong way to implement intuitively executing into your life. And you can begin intuitively executing even if you don't go through the program. You know, now that you've heard about it, you understand the concept, you can start to try to approach your life with a little bit more flexibility and intentionality at the same time.
0: Well, Megan, thank you so much for teaching us all about intuitive execution. I know that this is something that can have a huge impact on our listeners' lives and on their businesses, helping them both work less and also earn more. Um, Before we wrap this up, I've got a couple final questions for you. The first one is what is the number one thing that you've done in the recent past that has really allowed you to earn more or else allowed you to work less?
1: Oh, absolutely. So one thing I did really recently is hired some new team members. Um, This is the This is to help me work less, especially while I'm in a season of life where the amount I work is less than ever before, but I have really ambitious goals for the business at the same time. Um, Hiring a a little bit of help is the way I'm doing it. So I have a marketing assistant and an operations assistant. And so it's not just assigning tasks, which I've done before, but my marketing assistant is really owning uh, lead generation. And that's something I've never really had someone on the team to own besides me. So um, this has been really amazing already. And um, we've just started working together. So I know this is going to be even more transformative over the next few months and forever, hopefully. Um, So that's one thing for me uh, that's been really helpful.
0: Can you tell me just a little bit about the difference uh, either in your mind or in your company between an operations assistant and a, just a general virtual assistant? Yeah, great. That sounds really interesting. Great
1: question. I mean, truly, the the women I've hired are virtual assistants. Um, sometimes they consider themselves operations, man- I mean, um, online business managers. So to me, when I was looking at my team, I actually view my company in three departments. I actually, um, I think I first heard this from James Wedmore, where it was growth, fulfillment and operations. And so growth is like lead generation, sales, fulfillments, fulfilling your services and products, and operations is running the business and all that good stuff. And it really just made so much sense to me. I've been viewing my business like this. And when I was looking at how I need help, I was looking at it this way too. And so I knew I wanted someone really to own growth and be my partner in growth. Um, And then when I was looking at who else I needed, um, I have a background in operations and systems. Like I also have a background in HR. I was a recruiter professionally, so I sometimes get hung up on titles. Um, But I really wanted to be clear of the distinctions. And so to me, operations assistant really covered both fulfillment and operations. And also um, in the job description, I made it really clear that I want this to be my right-hand person who's kind of growing and will eventually maybe not do as much of the task work as they do at the beginning. So Happy to go in more detail, but at a high level, um, that's kind of the difference to me is it's not just someone who does tasks. It's not just someone who sits there and does things, but by claiming it as an operations assistant, giving them a key performance indicator, um, I'm really giving them ownership of key parts of the business, which is a big shift for me.
0: I love how it's a lot more specific also than just with a virtual assistant. Um, We don't have any virtual assistants that are just general virtual assistants working for my company right now. And in the past, when we tried to have them work, it always just seemed like it was difficult to really define exactly what they were doing or what they were owning, and so they would end up doing a bunch of random things Mm -hmm. which didn't work for them or for us. Yeah,
1: I made, (laughs) I've done that in the past before and had similar experiences. Um, or got in the situation where I had one virtual assistant who was doing all the things, and inevitably they maxed out. Um, and then it Mm -hmm. became convoluted to figure out what to delegate and who do you need. And so I really set out this time with um a clear job description of what everyone is doing and. And letting me dictate that because I think sometimes when we're hiring contractors, we will like let the contractor dictate what they do versus defining Mm -hmm. what you need and finding a person to do that. Um, So this time I really was like, I know there are people who can do both. I want someone who feels really strongly compelled towards the marketing, who loves geeking out on marketing, who like wants to do lead generation and like social media and YouTube and like really – that's where they're excited. And then I want to find this other person who's really excited by tech and systems and operations and like surprising and delighting customers. And yes, you can do both skill wise, but I think finding people who are enthusiastic um, about one Mm -hmm. or the other was really interesting in this hiring process. I thought I would have more people who like applied for both and people were very strong. Like I could do both, but I want to do marketing. I could do both, but I want to do operations. And it made my job so much easier distinguishing who was a good fit for each two.
0: And that kind of comes back to containers and direction, right? When people are more in a container, than they know what their job is. And when they have direction, they're able to create bigger, better results. Yeah,
1: exactly. So um, they're new team members. So um, I'm just so excited, but already I've been really pleased and I'm really glad that I approached the hiring process this way this time.
0: Great. Okay. So my next wrap up question for you is if you could share your best productivity tip or tool that you are currently using.
1: Yeah. My favorite productivity tip is always the Pomodoro technique. It's such a classic, Mm -hmm. um, but it is so simple and so effective. And I use it across my entire life, not just work. Um, so, if you're not familiar with the Pomodoro technique, um, basically you pick one project or task to work on and you set a timer for 25 minutes and you just focus on that. And you go in like do not disturb mode, headphones on, close all the tabs, you know, set yourself up for success, but just allow yourself to focus uninterrupted for 25 minutes. And I am always shocked at how much I can get done. Um, when I'm in a busier season, like you mentioned, where maybe I do have a lot of things planned on my calendar, the Pomodoro technique is absolutely implemented. Um, but then I also use it for things even around the house when I need to do dishes or laundry, which personally are things I don't actually love to do. Um, and I will put off folding away clothes and things, but if I can just set a timer for 25 minutes and listen to a book or fun music, um, I get so much done so quickly. So, it's definitely a productivity tip for all parts of your life.
0: Yes. I can relate to that so much. It's amazing how much less overwhelming and less stressful something can seem when you give it that little bit of a boundary Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm only going to work on this for 25 minutes. Suddenly it seems easy. And also just how much more productive you can be when you decide to focus on something exclusively for even a short period of time. I'm always amazed at how well it works. Yeah.
1: And uh, we were talking about launch emails earlier. The Pomodoro technique came in such handy when I was doing that because- (laughs) Sometimes when we're feeling a little uncreative or like resistant, just putting a 25-minute timer and starting, you'll suddenly get into a really good rhythm. So it's it's great for so many reasons.
0: Such a good tip. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for being here today. Before we go, could you just tell our listeners? Well, first of all, tell them about – I know you have a free resource that they might – enjoy. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I actually have a free training that you listeners can go watch right now. So you can go to MeganMins.com forward slash work smarter, not harder. And I know the link will be in the show notes as well. And this is a free training where you'll learn how to achieve your goals while having more fun, which is a big part of intuitively executing. So if you want to learn how to do that, learn more about how to intuitively execute, you can go catch that free training right now. Um, And then if you want to learn more about me, you can just go to MeganMins.com or you can follow me on instagram which is just megan underscore Mins.
0: great well thank you so much again everyone that url is MeganMins.com slash work smarter not harder and that is all one word and we'll, we will of course leave that link in the show notes as well so thank you again megan it was great having you today and can't wait to talk to you again sometime
1: thank you so much
0: I am so glad that I got the chance to talk with Megan this week because hearing her explain intuitive execution really gave me words to describe something that I've been leaning into more and more over the past year. I've been trying to find this balance between, on the one hand, being more of a strategic planner and making more extensive plans for all things, especially business-related, and on the other hand, just finding that often I get better results when I lean into my intuition and that I'm a lot less stressed when my plans aren't as extensive but just having the words to describe exactly what I am striving to do here will really help me in the future But I just know that now having these specific words to describe what I'm really aiming for will really help me in the future as I strive to do this even more intentionally. So instead of feeling like I'm floundering between one extreme and the other, I'll know that I'm actually aiming for this middle of the road approach. All right. Well, that is all for this episode, but before you go, let me just let you know that next week I'm going to be sharing with you the 6 things that I did to surpass the 6-figure mark in my business. So, if you want to hear all about that, then make sure that you tune into that next episode and that you subscribe so you make sure you don't miss it. In this episode, I'm going to be telling you the story of how I went from essentially zero all the way to 6 in a 12-month period and the six main things that I did that really allowed me to finally make that leap because those 12 months weren't the first 12 months I had been in business. I'd been trying to make a living with my online business for several years at that point and wasn't really making much of anything, but then I changed a few things that allowed me to massively grow my company in just one year. Like I said, that episode will be the next one up coming out next Monday morning. So make sure you don't miss it. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed hearing from Megan, learning about intuitive execution and the discussion that we had, then I would love to have that feedback from you. The best place to do that is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for Work Less, Earn More, and let me know what you are enjoying about the show and what you've been learning recently. I so appreciate everyone who has left reviews for the show in the past, and so every week I do want to give a shout-out and feature some of these great reviews that we have gotten. The review that I really want to feature this week comes from key 0088. And they wrote Gillian Perkins is awesome. I follow her on every social media platform and her business savvy never ceases to amaze me. I can't wait to see my growth from her new podcast because I already know after listening to the first episode to expect even more helpful advice from her to push me to my next level. Thank you so much for that fantastic review and please anyone else who is enjoying the show, I would love to have a review from you as well so that I know exactly what you are liking so we can do even more of that. Thank you so much for joining me today and I'll talk to you again next week in the next episode of Work Less, Earn More.